Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordane Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing a film that I'm surprised that we weren't requested for it more. It's 2005's Rumor Has It. And we have a fantastic guest here to help us unpack the many layers of Kevin Costner. Uh, She's a writer and she also founded the true crime festival Death Becomes Us, Jen Tisdale. Hi guys. Thank you for saying yes when I demanded to be part of this podcast. Welcome. No, it was so funny because I literally, Jordan is, Jordan knows I literally brought you up and that I wanted to have you on like a day before you messaged me on Instagram. I was like, it's in the stars. <laughs> Every time you post about the podcast, I, or you're like, or you, or you're Instagramming that you're watching a movie for it, I always message uh, just to let you know I legitimately love this movie. I'm like, <laughs> I on your podcast, these are great movies. Which is like, <laughs> yeah, it is my favorite. When like when I was watching Virgin River, and you were like, you know, I've already seen all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I just started watching Heart of Dixie. Thank you. Four seasons. Rachel Bilson. I'm in it. I'm in it. To oh my win. gosh. I was thinking about watching that because it seems like a calming show. It's very calming. And it's very much like, what if we put the Gilmore Girls in the South, but we got rid of all the snappy dialogue and ignored <laughs> the fact that racism exists in the South? Ah, Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Which is not to say I wanted it. I was like, why isn't there racism? No. <laughs> Weird that a, that a small town in Alabama does have like a black mayor and every like there's just like I'm just like, this feels like a this is like I don't know if this is what really happened, unfortunately. Absolutely yeah, like, not. <laughs> it's like just never addressed too. It's it's like the colorblind casting thing where you're like, I get what they're doing, but also this is so fantasy. There's yeah. also a woman, um, an Asian American woman with a southern accent who works at a bar and again i'm not suggesting we just always point it out but i just like i'm glad that they're doing inclusivity but having it set in the south just feels so forced and weird it's just like where is this town <laughs> i mean there are asian people in the south with southern accents i know some i knew some asian gun nuts growing up in georgia i mean they're there <laughs> is the woman is the is the asian woman in there is she a gun nut <laughs> Is no, she, no. Is she a Robin? Uh, that's, that's another thing that's missing from a small Alabama town is guns. I'm like, oh no! Everybody was talking about guns when I was in school. Like I remember hanging out with my professors at a picnic and them them being like, oh yeah, this is my gun. Oh, but this is my gun, and just like talking so passionately about their guns. <laughs> They're like, here you can meet all of my guns. They are actually more important to me than my children. <laughs> Statistically, one of my children will die because of my guns. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, speaking of guns, uh, rumor has it, wow, what a movie that we watched, huh? Um, I, I mean, mean it, def- it definitely woke me up. I've been very bored recently because I've been watching all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies on Disney Plus, and so this was this had, I think, higher stakes than the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. But speaking of Disney Plus and Jennifer Aniston in this movie, I zipped through the morning show recently, and it was an enjoyable watch. So the Aniston was bringing the heat in that and bringing something in this. I guess my my 
first question, or maybe you guys should obviously lead your own podcast, but did you guys, did I understand this correctly? Is this movie set in 1997, but it was released in 2005? Did I get that correctly i'm like wait what yeah i, I think yeah yes yes it is set in 1997 yeah, actually, i just I, admit, I did not catch that it was set in 1997 but that makes sense with the graduate like the timeline yeah I, they wanted to I, get the timeline right obviously yeah. So weird. yeah like oh it's 2005 it's time for another classic 1997 throwback what right they were like you know it's been too long it's been eight years. <laughs> it's like not long enough, but also not close enough. <laughs> I don't know. It makes it seem like it was that they wanted to make this movie earlier. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was probably written in 97 and then shelved for like eight years. And finally, someone was like blowing the dust off this. And was just I'm like, gonna, I'm, I'm going to send the, the sparkles out of the, you know, the development hell that it was stuck in. <laughs> Someone was like, I'd love to see a good car phone in a movie. And someone was like, I got a script. Oh, a car phone. Uh, So this was directed by Rob Reiner. This is like around the time when everybody was just like, oh, we don't have to watch his movies anymore, it turns out. Yeah, this was really the end of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is a shame because I think that he made one good movie after this and only one. The one yeah, for and we all know that like, <laughs> he has the ability to make good movies. So it's a bummer when you see it just fizzle out, and 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 it makes me wonder: like, did he just get burnout? Was it who he was working with? Or maybe- well, he made the bucket list. The bucket oh. list is what did it. Oh, is that the uh, is that uh, with is that Morgan Freeman and with Jack? Yeah, Morgan Freeman, yeah, Jack yeah. Nicholson. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was okay. working at a movie theater as a high schooler when that came out. <laughs> Okay, honey, I have to tell you, I was working in a movie theater when Titanic came out. Like, wow. I never want to live a very stressful existence. It's to like work in a movie theater the year, the biggest blockbuster in history. That is so stressful. Across the Universe came out when I was in uh, the theater, but, you know, not quite the same as Titanic. Do you think Rob Reiner stopped making great movies so he could give give it all to Twitter? (laughs) (laughs) It's possible. It's totally, this was written also by Ted Griffin, who wrote um, Ravenous, Best Laid Plans, Ocean's Eleven, Matchstick Men, and then directly after Matchstick Men, he made this. <laughs> I would, it's the sophomore slump, but after a bunch of movies. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, Matchstick Men is legitimately super fun. <laughs> yeah, and I gotta say one thing, I think in every movie, in this movie in particular, Richard Jenkins deserves better. <laughs> than this role yes i love oh, it oh i can't wait i can't wait till everyone sees him in the new miranda july movie because he's very interesting in that it's like the one movie where you kind of don't like him and i wasn't used to not liking richard Jenkins. no he's such a likable that guy character that makes me sad but I mean, he's good. He's really good in it. He just plays like a very bad dad. Like it's a movie about bad parents. Oh wait, I guess he's also the dad in Step Brothers, which some could argue is kind of a bad dad. He he is the dad in Sa- he's very he's very good playing dads. I mean, in Six Feet Under, he's the dead dad that gives everybody their issues. Yeah, it's like, and also at like Patrick Stewart, I feel like he's never ever had hair. Like I could go back as far as I want. I could go back to two thousand five. I could go back to nineteen ninety seven. And like, yeah. I think he made 
I think he made a conscious decision not to have hair. I mean, sometimes people make that choice. <laughs> like, like, Vin, yeah, well, Vin Diesel a- made that choice because, well, because Vin Diesel is part black. And my my feeling is that, like, if he keeps his head bald, people can just, like, cast him for whatever race they want, which is what they've been doing. And the only time I've ever seen him have hair is in that one movie where he plays a lawyer, but I don't know if that's his real hair. Wait, oh, that, that, that looked like a lace front to me. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Does he is he convincing as a lawyer? I need to <laughs> No. No. <laughs> it's called like Find Me Guilty, I think is what it's called. Okay. I need to watch that. Why My favorite Vin Diesel movie is his Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> he is his Instagram presence is just like so incredibly extra and beautiful. I love it. It's like him like raising up random children into the sky and like posting inspirational quotes and like, uh, mm. it's beautiful. Mm. Um, so. I, I agree though. I think Richard Jenkins, both as an actor and a character deserves more in this movie. He's everybody projects all their shit on him. Like this is like, and do you guys, and I've listened to a few episodes. So do you guys try to keep it linear? Do you prefer to jump around? What's your vision? Usually what's your preference? Ooh. Oh, we can jump around. I mean, because yeah. most of what's going on in this movie is internal anyway. Yeah. Like, my the, the thing that struck me the most about this movie is I don't get why Jennifer Aniston is so upset with her very loving, very supportive family. <laughs> like, she's like, I... I can't believe I'm part of this family. I'm like, I'm sorry. If I, let, let me check my notes. You don't, you're mad because your dad drives slowly, votes differently, which can be upsetting, but in 1997 slash 2005 was less so. Um, and doesn't look like you. Ooh. <laughs> Why are you so traumatized by that? Yeah, I did not understand that. Like there was no interaction where it was like, oh, this family's really toxic. I was like, okay, you haven't really connected with your sister that much. And you're mad at your dad because your mom's dead? Like, that that was really my take, was, like, you just are mad that he's alive? I, I don't know. It felt I mean, like- it seemed to me, like, the kind, of, the kind of rom-com trope where it's, like, I don't fit in with my perfect family. And in this case, it's, like, perfectly white family. It's almost like yeah. she feels like she's not white enough for them. It's, and it's like it's she spray tans and she falls down a lot so that makes her like she's that you know she has some culture there she's like, like i fall a lot and my white family never falls like i'm so dark i live in new york obituaries you guys don't get me and i'm like yeah but you're still blonde ish you're just not as blonde yeah. what's wrong yeah she's like caramel caramel hair yeah yeah, this is definitely a movie, too, which weirdly tries to give a strong identity to the city of Pasadena, California. <laughs> they keep being like, that's so Pasadena. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. That's so rich. That's so uh, parade. That's so Rose Bowl. Do I miss something about <laughs> Pasadena? I mean, I used to live in L.A. I've been there. There's certainly no identity to speak of. Yeah, I, I was... I thought that was, I noticed that too because it was brought up so much. It was like, oh, you know how we are around here, and I was like, well, I don't. I've been to California, but I don't know where how you are. Well, it's kind of like how um, in how Lady Bird talks about um, where is she from, Sacramento? But except like I feel like Lady Bird has like more specific things that it's like it's like this, it's like this, it's like this. But the rich people in Rumor Has It just remind me of Southern rich people just without the accents, like it's the same. <laughs> 
It's so weird. Yeah, like you only really see them interact in this very enclosed setting, like like the wedding, basically. And so we don't even really get a feeling for Pasadena. It's just like, okay, well, this is what your family's friends are like. <laughs> so I guess that's the cultural slice of it. I would have preferred a longer, like, uh, like an actual, like the beginning of it where they're explaining to us how this weird family is their the book, The Graduate, which P.S. I've never seen The Graduate. I don't know if you guys seen The Graduate. I've actually what? Never seen you've the never seen oh, The Graduate? I've never read The Graduate, but I've seen The Graduate a lot. The only time I've seen The Graduate is when in Wayne's World Two they apparently write <laughs> a very famous scene from The Graduate. So I do feel like I've seen a little bit of The Graduate. Okay, I love that. That is the most <laughs> thing you've seen. Oh, that's right. On the church thing, that's from The Graduate, right? When Wayne's doing that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. No, I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I saw a cover. Seen it then. <laughs> yeah, so for me, I was just like, I get the gist of it, but in I the just... graduate, in the graduate, like all the white people are still rich, but they're like much classier. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because it's an older movie, and that's just how they portrayed people back then, and they were like just as kind of like annoying and drunk as the characters are in this movie <laughs> just, like but yeah the graduate is like way more dignified and it's also like very hard for me to believe just based on the way that Dustin Hoffman played the character that Kevin Costner was ever like that yeah especially like, to describe him as being this ladies man and again what I've heard from the graduate via Wayne's World no is like He's just this, he's this young, awkward, he's this high school kid, right? Is he's that it? There. High school, college. Yeah, like in The Graduate, he's really just there. It, honestly, it's a matter of luck. Like it's it's luck and timing for him. Like Mrs. Robinson was going to get it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Mrs. Robinson be the one wants, like she just wants to have sex with someone. It just happens to be him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If they had uh, Postmates or Seamless back then, it would have been that guy. We don't know. <laughs> the point is, is that yeah. a very young man slept with a not super older woman, but, you know, in the in this movie, she's 42 and he, and he was like 21, right? That's what the movie said. I wrote it down. Yeah, <laughs> then, yeah, yeah. I'm, that's supposed to be the age difference. It's supposed to be like around that. Like she's supposed to be just like 40 something, but for some reason it's played like really old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's again, the ages were kept fucking me up because I was like doing the math for Jennifer Aniston's age. And I was like, she's 36. I was like, so wait, Mina Savari's 32 who plays her little sister. And I was like, what's happening? And then I kept remembering that it was set in 1997. But also the ages yeah. still don't make sense though, because Kevin Costner, doesn't look old enough to be Jennifer Aniston's dad at all and no. he's and he's actually not like when you check the math he's not he's not old enough he is not and also did you guys I didn't I didn't do any research but when the is it was supposed to be cheeky because the first thing you see is a title card that says based on a true rumor and I was like is this like, is this, they're just being funny or is, are they really, am I really to understand that this is potentially an actual rumor that exists that like, not to make this into a Russian nesting doll. Now this movie is based on this rumor that is, and I was like, ah, there's, I don't, I mean, if there is like, I feel like there are so many situations like that. I mean, like how many older women have just fucked younger men just because they were hanging around the house. Like, I feel like that's a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're, you know, your daughter or son's friend is of age and they're interested, I'm, sh- you know, 
scandalous for twenty one. I mean, have your own personal bar. I mean, and I felt like that scene in The Graduate where she seduces him is so iconic because like she knows exactly the drink she wants to make and she's offering him a drink and he doesn't really know because he's a good guy and like probably only drinks beer in the woods, you know, and she's all like, do you want scotch? <laughs> or, and and like her legs are showing, you know, like that. I'm sure that like women have made plenty of drinks for their 19 year old friend. <laughs> I truly, and I don't want to be like, this age gap is weird to me, but I mean, I don't know. I don't want a soapbox about it. I mean, I will say that this movie really upped the ante, like, like way past Mrs. Robinson with this man sleeping with three generations of women. Yes. (laughs) Oh Oh my gosh. That is, (laughs) what a mess. Like I was like, I was like, Kevin Costner, you either have really good dick or you're just chaotic or both. Like, but I don't know what is happening with this intergenerational shit. Well, because like he, he fucks the grandma first, then the mother, then the daughter. Like he goes straight down the line and I just don't. And it's weird that he's portrayed as such this like nice, romantic, complicated guy because there's clearly something wrong with him. Like, why are we pretending that he's just, oh no, it's because at the end, Jennifer Aniston is basically just like, you know, I was doing all these things and I thought that there's stuff wrong with everybody else, but it's really just me. And it's like, no, him too. There's something wrong with him too. Please don't give this man any, any rope. (laughs) Like, like, honestly, like, I mean, yeah, the, this movie is, the the meta nature of this movie is so uh, like at first I love that aspect because I love meta movies and I I'm I'm a sucker for a gimmick that's like this is based on this other thing that is also based I'm like okay yeah let's go but then there's a point where you're just like this is a cartoon what is happening like okay Jennifer Aniston engaged to Mark Ruffalo I, I um. Don't understand Mark her Ruffalo. marriage. Mark Ruffalo is a sweetie in this. It's and like Mark Ruffalo cannot catch a break in like in this time period. He also did like Thirteen Going on Thirty, in which he also had to be a long suffering like boyfriend yeah. woman named Jennifer in real life, and um, kind of. And and then he did he did like Just Like Heaven, which is that I don't know. Have you guys done Just Like Heaven? Because I feel like yes, was, Just yes. Like Heaven, where he falls in love with a ghost. Yeah, we, did, we actually our first live show we did Just Like Heaven. <laughs> oh, God, oh God, you guys! <laughs> oh boy, I got I got I love that movie. What a twist in that film! Woo, what a twist! But so here he is doing all these terrible movies, and then thank God he does Zodiac at some point to cleanse his palate of this madness. Yeah. Like he just could not. Catch a break. And this is one of those weird movies where we're stuck with a woman who's got a perfectly reasonable life and guy and every and just is just like, what if I blew it up? <laughs> yeah, it's like she's yeah. upset that she writes obituaries. Okay, girl, we'll start pitching some pieces around. This is also 1997 when you could still get a newspaper oh, job. Like, I'm trying to get one. I'm trying to get one right now, and I'm totally qualified and published, and I can't get shit. Like <laughs> she yeah. can get hired over me because at least she has experience. Have you tried going back in time to 1997 <laughs> or 2005? Let's write a movie. Um, about Jordan time traveling to 1997 to get so one of those newspaper jobs in a glassy <laughs> building, and then she meets Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> He's so cute, guys. Honestly, when they are when they make when they are in Pasadena, and by the way, I find it so interesting. 
And I'm actually grateful for the fact that they don't show us the sister's wedding and we don't have to really sit through it. Oh yeah. It was like, I don't care. Blessed. Thank you. But when Jennifer Aniston sneaks into the other room and Mark Ruffalo has his shirt totally unbuttoned, I just wrote down the words, hairy chest, exclamation point. He, (laughs) I, oh, fine. Love it. I love him. I love Yes. His hairy chest is great. Oh God. I was like, look at him doing his work with his like work shirt open, but like, why wouldn't he just be in pajamas? But I don't care right now. Look at him. Yeah, I oh wanted to, there was an outfit that he was in that I paused and I like turned to Kyle and I was like, I want you in this outfit. Like oh, this exact yeah. outfit. <laughs> yeah. Like the, one the sweater over the collared shirt, which can be a terrible look unless you're wearing it right. Maybe that was, okay. So there were two outfits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. You're like, I know exactly which ones. <laughs> there was that outfit, and then there was the one where he was in just like the long sleeve, comfortable black shirt, and then the like the nice, you know, blue washed jeans, and they were kind of like hugging his body just right. Yes. He's so cute. Um, <laughs> he's so cute and he's so wonderful and patient and great funny. and funny and I just don't why wouldn't you marry him immediately yeah, like the, the here's the thing well like well one of the things about this movie is it starts with a premise that is you know tropey but that's fine a lot of people have doubts about getting married and about their relationships sure that's relatable but like it starts with her having all these doubts about Mark Ruffalo, but he's wonderful. So we're supposed to go with her on this, even though he's great. Uh, and same and then with her dad. It seems like she just hates wonderful men. She's like, yeah. how could I be related to this man? I'm like, this man? This beautiful, well, like this, this man who, treat you, who treats you very well and loves you? I don't know. Very man. cute, wholesome man who's like driving you from the airport? I don't know, seems nice. Like she's who's still, still holding his breath and doing child games he used to play with you as a kid and being cute about it? I don't know. And then I, she it seems like she's like, probably hates her, hates Mark Ruffalo for the same reason. She's one of those, mm-hmm. like, why would he be nice to me? What's wrong with that? I, I actually totally identify with that. I get that. Do I, sadly. I definitely, it is a, I hate to quote, uh, no, I think it's, is it, what is it? What's his face? One of the Marx brothers. Well, I would ever want to be a member of a club that would have me as its member. Because yeah, no, I totally, Mark. yeah. And that's, yeah, that is totally what's happening. If someone likes you, there must be something wrong with them because you don't like yourself. Let's break it down. I've got a therapist on hold. We're going to really get into it. <laughs> but that's truly what's happening here because like the only man in this that she really seems to like, I don't know if respect is the right word, but who she really wants to like convene with is this random ass dude who fucks mm-hmm. everyone. Like the men, this, the men in this movie are very useless props, truly. Like Mina yeah. Savari, who plays her uh, wacky blonde sister, Mina Savari, who you guys will love this. Um, and I watched this movie because it's my job and my passion. She was in a n- new movie about OJ Simpson where she plays Nicole Brown Simpson. And get this shit. The movie is about what if OJ didn't really do it? And it was there was a serial killer that was ha- also happening at the time. And so this movie posits the, what if this serial killer actually did it? And they just go full force into That's the insane. OJ didn't do it thing. Yeah. And it's like, okay, That's he- so like, like the world does not need that. <laughs> we need that point of view. No one needs that point no, of view. Nobody needs it. like, like we're already a mess. Like we don't need that. Like yeah. but she's in that movie, does she do a good job in that movie? What no. if What if OJ didn't do it? Yeah. What if OJ didn't do it? If I didn't do it, you know, it's very bad. But of course, I watched it because how could I not? 
And it was just enraging the whole time to be like, Oh, that's the guy who also directed that uh, movie where Hilary Duff plays Sharon Tate. Same premise. I am. What a name. <laughs> well, that's actually technically um, the, the Quentin Tarantino movie too, is what if that didn't happen for them? What is it? Oh my God. What is the name of it? The movie that everyone just got obsessed with, with Brad Pitt. Oh, please. Oh, I, I know what it is. I hate that movie so much. <laughs> so did I. But wow, how could I have forgotten it? But anyway, so we have four, we have Mina Savari. And is this before or after American Beauty? This is, this is after. This is five years after. This is after American Pie. She's in like two American Pie movies. This is a real slump for most of the people involved. Yeah, yeah, honestly. And then, you know, she's got this weird fiance slash husband who I think says six things the whole film Scott does not speak Scott just like sits there in his tennis clothes and it's like when are you ready to play <laughs> like a husband bot like that's it <laughs> honestly the real the, the real the real treasure of this entire film is the three minute cameo by Kathy Bates I wish oh. I had an hour of that bizarre Mitzi is that her name? Her character's name? I, was I like, love her. Yeah. Maybe the drunk, weird friend of the mother. Yeah, can we just have Aunt Mitzi the movie? Like, I would watch the shit out of that. Like, uh, that yes. Yeah. So, so yeah. This base, the movie is just like very bland. There's no character development. Well, it's like I mean, it's a very like basic story. It's like woman does not want to get is scared about getting married. Her little sister gets married. Like it's like all the tropes. It's like oh yeah, woman in her mid thirties afraid of getting married. Little sister gets married before her, which is like uh, eggs ticking clock whatever. And then it's like oh no, what if I'm just like my mom? And there's all this there's this whole motif about like they're just like a whole family full of women who like run away right before getting married, but then they come back and they still get married. They're just known for having like a fit like right beforehand, I guess. I mean, Shirley MacLaine was also great as like my, as the classic grandmother who doesn't want to admit to being a grandmother because she's- Oh yeah. Makes her feel old. Like her as like Mrs. Robinson, like she was great. She was very funny. I totally wanted to get day drunk with her. Um, her and Mitzi. The movie that I wish this was is actually what went on between Shirley MacLaine and Bo Bridges, like the real yeah. story that it was based on. That's the movie I want. Rumor has it should be what the story is that what's his face wrote The Graduate about. I'd watch that movie. This is just like we just keep hinting at it, and I felt like it was like, oh, I see you. I'm not going to have an orgasm. I see that. Yeah, rumor not- has it was like um, the Graduate extended version. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, because it's, it's like it's like Jennifer Aniston comes back. She has these issues in her mind. Her sister's getting married, and then she finds out that there's a rumor that her grandma is the older woman in the graduate, and so she's freaking out. And she realizes, oh my gosh, my mom was pregnant when she got like when my she married my dad. So maybe my dad's not actually my dad. And maybe my dad is this guy that this book is based on. So then she goes to find this guy, Bo Burrows, which is Kevin Costner in all of his glory. And it's like, okay, sure. And this is all like, I feel like the beginning of the movie, a lot is happening. You know, like she's arriving with Mark Ruffalo. We're realizing that for some reason, she's like not that into him, even though he's great. I'm sorry. Was that another, was that another Aniston film reference? I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then it's like, 
she decides to go find Bo Burrow. And then from there, it just kind of it flatlines, in my opinion. Like, once she meets him, she's like, he's like, who are you, basically? And, and she's like, you fucked my mom and grandma. Are you my dad? And he's like, hmm. And he says, no, he says that he's sterile. And then they proceed to, like, start a relationship. And I don't really understand why it doesn't make any sense like them going to get drinks after that brief conversation at a conference where he's promoting like his book or something in the conference where he quotes Che Guevara and it's just like (laughs) yeah I was like I need more internet revolution is the same thing that Che Guevara did I'm like oh I don't I don't think that's true The conference was very like early TED Talk energy. I was like, oh, right. my favorite thing, and my favorite thing ever is when like you watch a movie where the internet is new. Like when they were when they were panning over people in the conference, and you kept hearing like one liners. I heard of one guy go, "I just bought, I just secured Lobster.com. and I was like, "The internet is so funny." <laughs> Lobster.com. I, I love when I say that he bought that, and then I heard when the guy was talking about, I think AOL and Time Warner are going to merge, and I was like, "Yeah." Yeah, you're like, everything's going to merge. <laughs> it's, all, it's all happening. And I think the thing that they're kind of talking about every time Shooter McGavin shows up, whatever his face is from that Adam Sandler movie, they're talking about Google. I'm pretty sure it's just weird. I love hearing internet speak, early internet speak in movies. It's my I love it too. It's so funny because it dates so fast. Like even stuff from five, 10 years ago dates fast, but when it's 20 or 30 years, it's crazy. Yes. And this movie, yeah, since it's like made in 2005, but set in the 90s is so funny about that. Yeah. And like, yeah, like Jennifer Aniston going out to drinks with him makes sense. But the fact that they go from strangers to her being like, you fucked my mom and grandma to him being like, I'm infertile, so I'm not your dad to they go get drinks. Yeah. And then there's the jukebox moment where he slow dances with her at a fucking bar. I hate that. That's a classic trope. Can you imagine slow dancing? (laughs) I would punch myself in the face. I, I just don't, I, I mean, I've never understood the appeal of Kevin Costner. This has been a thing that has boggled my mind for years. Like as I get older, I become attracted to all kinds of older men but not Kevin Costner. Like I'd rather fuck Steve Buscemi than Kevin Costner. And I really don't, I don't know what, what it is about him that I don't like. I just remember watching dances with wolves in high school and just viscerally being like, I hate this man. You remember how how, like how bad his voiceovers were in dances with wolves. It was, I was so mad. I used to hate it so much. I was like, God, they got to get a better reader in this role. This is incredible. I can't believe he got, did he he got an Academy Award for that or didn't he? Did he direct that film? He did. He directed it. Yes. He got like a lot of awards. That was like best picture. Um, I think the movie itself is pretty good. I just think Kevin Costner was not that great for it. No, and I hated him in The Bodyguard, and that and it really sucks because I just kept on every single time I watched The Bodyguard, I keep on thinking about a white guy who would be like better for the role. Literally any white guy, Burt Reynolds, sure, why not? Sometimes I imagine that Burt Reynolds is in The Bodyguard. Oh my god, <laughs> That's really funny to imagine. <laughs> I, I did like him in Mr. Brooks, and I'm sorry to also admit that I didn't hate Dane Cook in Mr. Brooks. I thought Mr. Brooks was... Oh, I've heard good things about Mr. Brooks. I've heard that they're both good in it. It's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, sure, speaking of Mrs. Robinson, Dane Cook is now in a relationship with an 11-year-old or whatever he's doing. But that, 
Yeah, it, the, the pictures of him and like that, like night child that he's dating. Child? Yeah, like oh, I'm, God. I'm just like okay, who? I'm sure, like I'm just waiting for the post where he's like, she's the one teaching me. Oh God! <laughs> well, I guess he just like found a demographic 15 years ago and just never left it. Just never yeah, left it. it was like this is my comfortable zone. Uh, teenagers, because is yeah. I mean, he I think is like twice her age at least oh yeah no definitely uh, right <laughs> actually i'm gonna look up his relationship right now because this is really important to me oh my like god i think that she's like 20 and he's like in his 40s and i hate to be like a like a dickhead but i'll probably be less mad about it if he still looked relatively good like she's so pretty and i'm just like what are you doing he, he just look like he, he just looks look. like one of your dad's friends who like won't leave the house and it's like oh we're <laughs> dating now <laughs> Yeah, like where you're like, why is Gary on the couch again? And your mom's just like, well, he hasn't gotten sober from five days ago, so. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's fucking weird, man. It'd be like if like Kevin Smith's daughter, whose name is Harley Quinn, was with Jason Mewes. (laughs) Sorry, back up. Was that a joke? His his daughter's not Harley Quinn. You're being funny. Stop. No, Kevin Smith named his daughter Harley Quinn Smith. <laughs> oh, no, I cannot. I cannot have this information during a global pandemic. <laughs> no, Jordan. Everything's, everything's getting worse now. <laughs> uh, Kevin, uh, uh, wait, wow. Okay, we were saying the name Kevin. Okay, Dane Cook is 47 and his girlfriend is 20. I don't, I, but they've been together for a while. So she's 20 right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. He said that they've been, they've known each other for years. <laughs> they've known each other for years. I mean, no red flags there. Guys, this is like when I discovered, like, I'm a big fan of the Fast and the Furious film, speaking of Vin Diesel. Uh, and Fantastic once cinema. Like, perfect. Top T to B. Perfect. But every once in a while, I have to remember Paul Walker's real life situation and be like, hmm. That's a bummer that that happened. R.I.P. But uh, yeah, I believe she was like, how old was she? Was the, the mother of his daughter, who's very pretty as well, this girl. Um, of Paul Walker's daughter? Was like 16 or something. And he was like 30 something. It's oh, not, boy. None of it's okay. It's very bad. It's all bad. Oh, I never knew that about him. I mean, I, I haven't, I've only seen the first Fast and Furious. So I'm not, <gasps> I'm, I know I'm not uh, initiating the world of cars. And wait, wait! Oh my God, Bronwyn! Uh, I I sw- we need to watch the Fast and the Furious movies. The Fast <laughs> Family. Uh, are there any of them on Netflix? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I've I've been considering getting a box <laughs> set. I have the box set. I have the box set, and it comes in a tire. <laughs> Okay, that's, that's so incredible. incredible. I, love we'll just, I love that so much. And I know I've heard that in the box set they have little short films that are like connective tissue between the movies. And I just love yeah. how intricate that universe is. Not to keep, we, not, we will go on this tangent forever, but just uh, out of curiosity, I'm wondering if you should introduce it in the correct chronological order that like instead of the weird, because I've never tried that and I've always wanted to try it, Bronwyn. Oh, yeah. Not to confuse you, but like the third film is actually technically chronologically placed like after the sixth film, I think, or before the sixth film. So like, it's like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, if I if I end up watching all of them, then I will totally watch them in the chronological order versus the release order. 
I yes, I will help out with that because like oh, they made Star Wars with it, you know. <laughs> uh, Tokyo Drift is such a weird one, just because it's it's placed later in the series, and it also just like stars Bow Wow. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Okay. Fairfax loves a uh, a hip hop artist. There's Ludacris, there's Bow Wow. There they are not. I, I love Luda. Tyrese was technically. Didn't Tyrese also didn't he do or not? Tyrese was in a lot of them, yeah. Yeah. So it this is just some really nice like if you're feeling stressed out, throw a little F in the F on and you'll feel pretty great. Like, I feel like I feel like uh getting really high, like taking an edible and watching them would be a really calming weekend. Yes. It's yeah. very wonderful. It gets because we have to stop. This has now become a podcast strictly about the family. No, I mean, that's we do this all the time. We <laughs> We go on tangents and then I'm like, oh yes, the movie that we are talking about. Yes. <laughs> Get back to that bar scene. I can tell you that the, like, this is how I know how like sad I am. First of all, I watched it becoming last night. So I'm already in like a deep state of like emotional sadness over like people that I miss in the white house and so then i just and this is not even that great i very briefly in the, in the bar scene in this movie they show bill clinton um oh then, yes i'm so sad right now that i was like oh i miss i miss bill clinton oh I, I wish, man I, I wish bill was in the white house right now and then weirdly like out of nowhere she's like do you know him and i'm like why would he know bill clinton but i guess he did yeah so, that was that was so weird to me that like um he knew Bill, like, I mean, I guess he's like this Ted talk kind of guy. So it makes sense that he would run in political circles, but that was never really explained how they knew each other. And it was just totally a name drop where she's like, Oh, you know him, you know, the president. Like, I don't know if anyone can ever really know. Right. Like no one really knows him. And I was like, okay. And then now y'all are slow dancing. Like what is life? Like there's a lot of like, they just skip over so much. And this movie's only an hour and 37 minutes long. And I was just like, it could have been two hours and you could have given us like a little more. Like I wouldn't have been mad at a two hour movie if you like. Yeah. 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 I agree. Cause I mean, there's just so much going on. Like we're talking about three generations of women, each of them, you know, having their own kind of like insecurities and journeys. And it's like, it's hinted at like the scene with her and Mena Savari was nice. I kind of wish they had done more with her cause she, they introduce her as like a joke character and then they have her like crying in her, the, her next scene. So we have to suddenly care about whether or not her <laughs> marriage works. That's exactly it. We don't know anything about these people. And I, and we are led to believe that Mina Savari, who, who, who we learned the mother died when she was four, is suddenly like devastated. And I'm not saying that wouldn't happen, but it just felt random. I'm like, wait, now she's bummed out? What? What's happening? Yeah, exactly. Like the... They gave us two scenes with her and they were like opposite emotions and we were supposed to just go with it. We were just supposed to just be like comedic relief, like completely disconnected from the main character emotionally. And then like now we care about her and they're bonding. And I was like, whoa, that was a big jump. Yeah. And this well, movie only had like, like not to jump away from that, but like it was just, everyone was upset for reasons I didn't understand. <laughs> everyone was upset at various points. And I was like, why are they mad? Why are they sad? Why aren't they mad? Why aren't they sad? And meanwhile, we just have every long-suffering man standing dutifully by their daughter, spouse, or partner. Yeah, Richard Jenkins and Mark Ruffalo just spend the whole movie just being like, what's going on? Like, hey, are you mad at me? Like, what's up? <laughs> what's up? 
If I were Mark Ruffalo and my my fiance said, um, I don't want to tell anybody that we got engaged and then proceeded to even lie about it even further when inexplicably, this is again, I love that trope of like, when are you getting married? Are you going to get married? You should get married. And it's like, uh, and she's just like, we haven't even talked about it. If I were Mark Ruffalo, I'd been like, we need to talk right now. What? Yeah. Mark Ruffalo puts up with a lot. Like when at the very beginning of the movie, he's like, where is your ring? And when she comes up with that entire like very long like explanation for it, I'm just like, no. No, yeah. I think from that point, I'd be like, why aren't you wearing, like, it's like a Carrie Bradshaw move, you know, when she like wears it in the chain around her neck and she's just like, it's closer to my heart that way. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, that's not how rings work. Stop. Was that Aiden? Was that when she was engaged to Aiden? Yes, that's when she was with Aiden. Wow. Aiden, another, another like very lovely, wonderful man, like who was more talented and better looking than big. I could get into this for six hours I mean I can't oh yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, Christopher Noth no thank you at least uh, Scalia. I don't Scalia. know I always felt like her relationship with Big was like oh uh, was like this giant metaphor for like her dad like we never meet her dad but I always just imagine that he looked just like Big because I just couldn't imagine her caring about him so much especially because he's so emotionally withholding it's like dating just like a phantom dick. I don't I don't get big at all. <laughs> yeah, big has like he has like high school boyfriend tendencies, but he just has money in suits. So yeah. like it's it's dressed up better, but his emotional avoidance and like unwillingness to actually try or be present feels like very juvenile kid. When I'm like, oh, he calls her kid. He calls her kid. And that's why I just kept on thinking, that's your dad. Like, this is a weird dad thing. (laughs) You're going to have sex with that guy? And she would make jokes all the time about how old he was. And you're like, okay, old man. And I was just like, I mean, you're with him. I don't, what is the problem? Either you're into it or not. What are we doing? No one's making you. He barely wants to be with you. So like, (laughs) get free, girl. Oh, mom. Also, so when they're in that bar, before they go back to his palatial mansion on the ocean, I didn't get the sense that anybody was that drunk, but she wakes up not even remembering apparently an hour long car ride to Kevin Costner's giant mansion on the sea or remembering the sex that they, I guess they had. And honestly, I don't even, I'm like, I'm still not even really quite sure they had the sex. I think he says that they did at some point, but part of me is just like, did they? Um, and I yeah. like, didn't seem that wasted to me. I mean, like she didn't no, seem they just wanted to fuck. I don't believe they were wasted at all. Yeah, she did that thing where she like wakes up and then does that classic like, I got to put this men's dress shirt on. I'm like, no, you don't. Just find your dress. It's probably right over there. You could just probably, it's probably on the other side of the room. Just take two minutes. Two minutes. You don't need that. Like, I can't so- find my clothes. So I guess I'll go and find his. <laughs> I think like one of the, there are like two big issues with this movie being made by men. One is that like, they're not really good at like creating the conflicts between the the women in the movie, they're good at creating conflicts with men, but the women they really suck with. And the other thing is that Jennifer Aniston looks perfect at every second of this movie and she's supposed to be a mess. I know. And like, literally she's on like day three of not showering at some point And she just looks incredible. This was like, okay, so I'm trying to, I don't remember when friends was on. What were, does anyone remember the exact years that it was on? I, I don't remember. It was, it was like, like, it was like mid nineties to like early to the, like, I think it ended in like 2003 or 2004. It was like, yeah. 
right after that. Uh, and this was like my favorite hair of hers, like when it was that nice, long, be- beautiful, straight, lovely, weird thing that she was doing. Was she married to Brad Pitt at this time? She was. Well, she gets divorced from Brad Pitt either this year or the year right after. Yeah, if you don't remember when they broke up, just Google Mr. and Mrs. Smith and you'll find out. That came out in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Oh yeah, so this was like really. I think this. I thought this, this was, was a, this was a, definitely a turning point for her in her career, and it's interesting because like she's very good in the movie, and it makes total sense that she'd be in a movie like this. This is the kind of movie that she would pick, yeah. and out of all the people in Friends, Jennifer Aniston is by far the best at picking movies. Like I can't think of any like except for I guess Courtney Cox has all the Scream movies, even right. though yeah. I kind of don't really like her in those but anyway um those were like super lucrative but she jennifer aniston is definitely the one that's gotten to play a diversity of roles and she's been really good in all really? of them it's usually the movies that are bad not her <laughs> how, yeah, that's true. how many jennifer aniston movies have you guys did did you do i think you you, you suggested another one to me bronwyn was it picture perfect or was it is that the one with Jay Moore? Oh. We, we, did we did Picture Perfect already. Already, but I think I did... I I know I sent you a few movie options. I think it was it the Paul movie the, where he's her gay friend who lives with her. The object, object of my affection. Yes, 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 yes. yes. We, yeah, we, haven't yeah. Done, we haven't done that one yet. I think that was the other option. And honestly, now that I like... I, I almost kind of wish we had picked that one because I do love a Paul Rudd vehicle. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, so this was like... Like she was just, th- these were the movies she was doing until like whatever the first semi-serious role was. Was it the one where she was the checkout girl in that, it's kind of that dark indie movie? I can't remember the movie where you were like, oh, I've never seen her in that role. The Good Girl, I love that movie. That's the one where she's with Jake Gyllenhaal, who's like oh. playing like a younger troubled man who goes by Holden because like Holden Caulfield. First and incel, it's, the world's first incel was Holden Caulfield. <laughs> It's yeah, it's it's just this thing where he, where she's like cheating on her husband who's like John C. Riley, and so it's a big thing where she's just like with this younger man and like cheating on John C. Riley and like Zoe Deschanel is there and she's a goth. I love I love goth Zoe Deschanel, which I've talked about on other episodes that that's my yeah. favorite version of her. <laughs> I love Gov Zoe Deschanel. I love I'm still blonde or I'm blonde in this. Is she blonde in that one? I can't remember if she has blonde hair in, in The Good Girl. I think she does, but there's like some movies where she's a blonde and you're like, ha Yeah, there are some movies where she's a blonde. It's uh, it's good. Yeah, yes. I like The Good Girl a lot. I remember that was one of those movies where I was like, whoa, all of these people are here, but in ways that I don't normally see them. <laughs> and like, I like that. I could look at, I could look at Jake Gyllenhaal all damn day. But yeah, the good girl came out three years before this. So she had already kind of done her like oh, indie no. play. <laughs> really? So yeah. She, like, and I, maybe people were like, we can't handle you in this. Can you do three kind of bad rom-coms in a row to wash this out of our mouths? And she was like, absolutely. Cause I loved it too. I mean, probably. I mean, every single time she tries to do something serious, it tends not to work out. The world um, is a but like, honestly, again, uh, uh, the morning show on Apple Plus, if you have it, this is like a very intense role for her and it was very good. So, although I think my favorite role of hers is in Horrible Bosses. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I remember her in that. 
So, yeah, I mean, anyway, Jennifer Aniston in film and in real life has real trouble with boys. <laughs> That's the issue. Oh, my God. Have you seen her? in? She's in the first Leprechaun movie. You got to see her in that. <laughs> well, I've, not only have I seen that, her actually, the first thing she was ever in is, is a non-credited role. She, have you ever seen the terrible movie Mac and Me? I what? have seen Mac and Me. <laughs> One of the dancers in the McDonald's scene, uh, not a plug for McDonald's. Oh my God, I need to watch it again. This movie looks insane. <laughs> what, Mac and Me? Yeah, I have not oh, seen it. Oh. You've never seen Mac and Me? You Okay, wow. There's just so much going on. You've never seen The Graduate. You've never seen Mac and Me. I haven't seen Mac and Me. Well, I've seen the first Fast and Furious. I haven't seen the other Fast and Furious. I have not seen Mac and Me. So, I mean, I, there's a lot of culture that I got to catch up on. You got to start with Too Fast, Too Furious, though. Yes. Um, my favorite is when they like make a sequel and it's they're just like, what if we just dropped The and it's just Fast and the Furious and you're like, Okay, sure. <laughs> like that's not confusing at all. <laughs> Wait, what? This is ridiculous. Honestly, you guys, you could you guys could probably do a really strong run of Jennifer Aniston films if you haven't already. Like, I don't—is this the the first or the second one you've done? Because there's, I, mean, of course, I think we've done like I think this might be like the third. Yeah, because yeah, you well, we haven't done that many yet for how many there are, but we've definitely done a couple. So, I've yeah. been thinking about there's, the Bounty Hunter a lot because it's on. It's on just Netflix. about. The same. I was just about to say, do the bounty hunter guys, uh, TBH, Gerard Butler. I know that I like, I have such a deep attraction to Gerard Butler and it's really grossly and weirdly based on the fact that he played Dracula in the 2000 film Dracula 2000. And I was just like, who is this fella? But also I love vampires because I'm that girl. But Oh um, my God. I, I love your mind. I love your mind. I love where it goes. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> hot in that movie it's unacceptable (laughs) (laughs) i just want to i just want to point out that in terms of uh dracula origin stories this one's my favorite (laughs) (laughs) it's your favorite it gets you there both uh mentally and physically yes it does yeah no i love that was the first time i caught wind of gerard butler and i've just been on top of it ever since. been riding that wind you've been in the air with him going mine was phantom of the opera but yeah. it's beautiful emmy awesome. oh god bless her honestly i love him in p.s i love you which i feel like eventually we're gonna cover that oh yeah, yeah. well of course that, and if you haven't done the ugly truth you gotta god you gotta do the ugly truth oh we did the ugly truth with sally ann I'm so sorry. I don't know your entire catalog. I'm embarrassed. I have listened to many episodes. Oh, no, it's okay. It's like a long catalog. Also, sometimes I forget ones that we've done. And then I like, I like have to check. (laughs) I've checked. I've Googled things before to see if we did it because we've done like 130 episodes. So. Oh, I didn't realize it was that many. Congratulations. But um, okay. Sorry. We could get back to this one because another thing that we didn't talk about is how she sleeps with her not dad um, after discovering that he couldn't be her dad because he was sterile due to to blunt testicular trauma. And I Googled that just to make sure that is something that can make you sterile. And it is. Um, It's good to know, you know, birth control options run low. Yeah, just kick them in the balls. I I do find it like that an interesting like... uh, uh, like plot point of this movie was that we were supposed to wonder if incest happened. <laughs> like in this movie, someone said, let's let everybody wonder for a minute. And I'm like, I don't know if this needs to happen in a yeah. rom-com. Right. Well, cause like as soon as they sleep together, 
they meet the son. <laughs> His son. Okay, well, I, I didn't look him up, but he looked familiar. I was like, this is a young actor who I feel like I know, but I can't remember and who is he. And I, I should look him up because he looked really familiar. That song. He was in a lot of like early 2000s stuff. Like he was in Valentine. Um... And he was in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Oh, was he the cute, was he the soccer coach guy at the soccer camp? He just looks like he would be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's in, he's in She's Out of My League, which we did. Yeah. Oh God. Is that the movie with Jay? Yes. Okay. I've seen them all. I've seen them. That's the era they were (laughs) Oh my god! And he was also he's Heathcliff, and he's he's Heath in um, MTV's Wuthering Heights. Yes! Oh my god! I knew I was missing. Okay, have you seen MTV's Wuthering Heights, Jen? I haven't, which is weird because I love any like I definitely love like a like a nice like an Austin or Bronte spinoff. Like I obviously read like Jane Slayer. And yeah, prejudice and zombies. So I'm into any sort of tangential relationship. So good. I mean, it's so. You'll see. And I feel like you'll fully, it's a lot. I'm excited. If you think I ocean cello being thrown into the ocean, that's all you need to know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I obviously thoroughly, like I enjoy those sorts of things. Like you guys should maybe do Sydney White, which I feel like is technically a rom-com, I guess, maybe not, but it's that Amanda Bynes movie where- We were just talking about Amanda Bynes last week. Were you talking about her engagement or her face tattoo? We were talking about she's the man. (laughs) The one that's like just one of the guys, but a reboot of just one of the yes, guys. Yes, exactly. This movie, which I'll never forget her ripping open her chest and me looking at a pair of breasts that I would never actually have myself. <laughs> <laughs> that was my takeaway from that movie. I remember thinking, and if there's men listening to this right now, that's a good booby movie in case you somehow don't have the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, She's the Man is quite a film. <laughs> it's, it, it's a film for sure. It's... It's a chef's kiss. It's it's beauty and it's grace. Yeah, they 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 go to what what event do they go to the day after they um have sex? And I have no I have no idea. All I know is that they're at like a bar or but it's not even a bar. It's like a club or something and there's tables. Oh, the, oh it's the Casablanca party and I remember writing down, "Oh, thank God it's finally not a great Gatsby themed. It's just Casablanca." <laughs> Yes. Yes. It, it could be. It could be the great guy. It could be the great guy. It might as well. It might as well. It's like a, another great trope where um, he takes her to dinner, but it's like in a plane somewhere, and you're just like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, you're like, you don't. You didn't know she existed yesterday. Like this is. Yeah. Also, she could have lied. Like she could have read the book or something and heard the rumor and just like right like. It's just, it's just all so bizarre. So they're there. Relationship. Okay. I've figured out a relationship that this, that their relationship reminds me of. And it's like, what if indecent proposal, but like no chemistry? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cause it's like, cause like Demi Moore and Robert Redford, like I enjoy watching them in a scene together. I enjoy them flirting. Jennifer yeah. Aniston and Kevin Costner. I, I do not enjoy that. I don't know why they're talking. I don't know what they're thinking. Like, and I can't even remember if he has. Sometimes Kevin Costner has that little bit of hair like under his lip that's like right here, but it's like not big enough to, to be a soul patch. But it's kind of in that area. And even if it's not on his face, I think it's on his face, and I hate it. <laughs> I'm like imagining <laughs> it. He also has like 
This he also I think had his hair dyed for this because I was like, what color is this? Some sort of orangey brown, but it was also very fine and wispy. And I thought I remember thinking they drive to his airplane in a Cadillac, and I remember thinking that's really brave of them to put Kevin uh, Costner and his wispy baby hair into a Cadillac because all I could see was the three tendrils of <laughs> there, just blowing <laughs> in the wind. I was like, get on the hat, God, give him some like decency. This is ridiculous. Jesus, meanwhile, <laughs> Jennifer Anson looking perfect. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's like, she, she could just like fall into like a bucket of green slime and like somehow like she would be glowing. (laughs) Also, didn't he say he was taking her to get something to eat? And the next scene we see after they, I guess, get on the airplane is they're just sitting on the roof of his car, not eating. I'm like, did they eat? Where are they? What happened? Are they at a vineyard? Did they get food? Like... He's like, I'm taking you to get something to eat. And then smash cut to roof of the hood of the car, looking out over a vineyard. No food. No. No. Nothing. It would be too indecent to show us um, them eating. Instead, the movie just wants us to think that she fucked her dad. (laughs) That is, you know, more appropriate. I mean, okay, the moment when Mike Fogle, like, comes and hits on her at the party when Kevin Costner's off talking to people and he just comes and sits and basically is like, how are you? Do you want to have sex? (laughs) Can I be honest with you guys? If that kid, and again, maybe I'm not Jennifer Aniston's age necessarily because I don't know how old he's supposed to be, the son. We don't get that. I assume at least drinking age because he drinks, but who knows? Right. If that kid comes to me and said, do you want to go have sex? I'd probably be like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, totally. Let's go bang one out somewhere. Look at you. You're blonde and you're beautiful and I don't want anything else from you. Let's... Oh, yeah. You're like, let's go do this before you say more things. Yeah, I don't even think that's an upsetting proposal because he's being quite up like forthright with me. I'm like, okay, let's do it. Let's go. Fuck. I don't care. Yes. Yeah. I was, I was fascinated with just like that being his game. And I was curious if he did that all the time or if he just got a vibe from Jennifer Aniston. And I like that then she immediately finds out, of course, that he is Boborough's son and like is not good at all about hiding the fact that she fucked his dad (laughs) and then conveniently mark ruffalo shows up at the exact moment that they're kissing yes Uh, that's where that's where it really unravels is i mean i feel so bad for him we already said this but he's she's doing the whole like movie like oh let me explain like but there's nothing to explain and the funny thing is, like, in some movies that make sense because there's something to explain, but explaining this is so much worse. It's way better if he thinks that you just went out and got drunk and hooked up with someone random than you tried to find a guy who yeah. fucked your mom and grandma and then hooked up with him once you found out he wasn't your dad. Like, yeah. that, that's so much to him. Honestly, the fact that, that Ruffalo stays with her is a little upsetting. But also, not to encourage anyone to be a better cheater, but I do want to point out that if you are going to cheat on your significant other, just answer the phone every once in a while or check in. Then they won't come after you. Just saying. He called yeah. like a million times. I'm like, here's here's what would have stopped him from flying to wherever the fuck. Just answer that phone. Yeah, he's worried about her. Like, I don't think that Mark Ruffalo thought she was cheating until he saw it. I think he was just worried about her. Yeah, she really could have locked that up, like, without really... She could have really gotten away with everything that she did if she had just, like, been like, okay, I'm going to come marry you. I'll be right back. And she just, like, deals with everything, comes back, and then he's like, what happened? And she's just like, no... I just I just realized something and you guys might have already realized this and I feel incredibly dumb for not understanding what was actually happening is she just 
<laughs> oh my God, you guys probably already figured this out. I didn't realize that what Jennifer Aniston was doing was repeating the same exact thing that her mother did until just now I went, oh, her mother ran away to a weird place with Kevin Costner right before she got married. And now this whole movie is basically probably what we would have seen if that were a movie, which is Jennifer Aniston freaking out and running away with Kevin Costner right before she gets married. I was like, shit. <laughs> I just realized yeah. that's what it was. Well, it's that's like it. at the end of the movie when... um basically like Mark Ruffalo jokes he's like if we have a daughter you can't ever let her meet him I'm like I, I hated that joke so much I hated so it so gross I hated it I was like what yeah yeah this movie was um it's it's like I, I think this movie I mean this is the case for most movies that don't end up that good is I think it thought that it was gonna be so much more clever than it was I think that it thought because the idea was kind of this this clever meta, like playing on another movie in a book, like world within a world, that that would automatically make it more artistic. Even though it's definitely, you know, romantic comedy genre, it, it was still like, this is going to be kind of inside baseball yeah, and I guess- with like incest and, you know, that's edgy. Yeah. And, and then it was just... That that is my question. I, I'm like, is was this a rom com? I don't personally consider this a rom com. I don't know what I consider it, but there wasn't really any. I consider it like some sort of deep psych- psychological, <laughs> like like Jennifer Aniston. Like Freudian romp. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like an anti rom com, but not in a purposeful way. Like I think young adult is. I would describe young adult as an anti rom com. Oh, guys. I remember watching that movie and I, I I was so like being really alarmed when I realized I was Charlize Theron in that movie. I know people say that and you always roll your eyes like, no, you're not. But I was like, yes, I've, I've, I've had those DUIs. I've had sex with Patton Oswalt. No, I've, um, <laughs> <laughs> I really was hoping that would be true. <laughs> I have a small dog. <laughs> but it's like, well, cause like it basically, rumor has it like young adult covers the kind of territory that a lot of rom-coms do in terms of like, personal development and like making peace with your family and your friends and your past and everything but it doesn't have the whole it's missing the the cuteness I guess yeah. like it's the, the creepiness is very uh, kind of uh, overrides all of it but again you're just never really sure of the conflict even in some movies where there's no real conflict and it's and it is the conflict is within the character you still don't understand what her conflict is so you're just like what are exactly. we like, what are we doing? What is this? Like if there was even like even if Mark Ruffalo was great, but they seemed incompatible in another way, like they just had really different views or ways of interacting with people, then I would at least have a little bit of yeah. something to grab onto as far as her doubt. But he just seems like a really great partner. Yeah, he seems like a great partner. Again, her family seems nice. So she, she all she had to do was accept the fact that she was related to them. That was the conflict. Yeah. Oh, I guess I'm related to these people. Wah, wah, wah. And it's, also, it's such a, it feels like such a basic thought to have as a full grown adult to be like, I'm different than my family members. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that have that be something that destroys you is even worse. Unless the difference is like, 
I'm queer and my family is the terrible right-leaning monsters, then it's like, well, this is a real problem. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like, if there was a stake like that, but it's like, I'm different than my family. It's like, yeah, but they also, they love you and support you. Yeah. And it's like, it's fine. Your differences, again, are that you maybe don't vote the same and he drives slow and you don't look like him. Yeah, yeah, they kind of hint that he's a conservative, but he doesn't really, like, Richard Jenkins doesn't really lean into it. And I also don't know, it's not like... Uh, Jennifer Aniston cares a lot about like social justice or anything so I mean why does she care so much I know it's yeah it's it's kind of like we're supposed to assume obviously she is you know like leftist or or liberal and then like he's conservative but they act the same and they function in the world the same so yeah exactly I don't know it's one of those things that like white people do in kind of those movies it's just like oh no he votes republican (laughs) and like this this whole like heightened thing that like I don't know I don't feel like black people do I don't do that (laughs) I also wish that I'd gotten a glimpse into her like New York life a little bit because we actually never really see New York. We see the inside of their apartment kind of once, which didn't even look like a New York apartment. No, and, it didn't. Uh, and um, I remember thinking this should be like a Joe versus the volcano thing where she's sitting in this like gray room under like a, a severe light working on obituaries. Like that, I want that sadness and I want that to be like, I'm so, my life is so unfulfilling and it's just. But I'm like, I don't know, working on an obituary sounds kind of neat to me. <laughs> like, does she work for the New York Times? Where does she write? Where are these obituaries living? I wanted to know more. They just kind of I wanted to know more about the obituaries as well. I was like, are they hiring? All <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. right, <laughs> <Over> obituaries. <laughs> what other movie? Does anybody remember? Is it? God, I, I'll never remember this. I, I remember thinking there's another movie where a writer is upset about the fact that they write obituaries. Yes. I can tell you what that movie is. Please it's second. closer. Yeah, I was like, where have I seen this before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Why are people so sad that they write obituaries? Those are like the last words anyone will ever read about a person. Those words matter. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Do. I would take it a bit more seriously. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if they do that anymore, I guess. I mean, sadly, as we all sit here together, print is dead. Uh, someone write an obituary for print. But um, I don't know. We're, that sucks. Mm. Also, not to keep jumping back because I feel like we're probably almost done. I do like, even though this movie was made post 9-11, it takes place pre-9-11. So I, anytime there's a pre-9-11 airport scene, I get like super excited for like any sort, like when she decides to change her flight and go to go to wherever, San Francisco, to see Bo Burrows, and she and Ruffalo are just like in the same terminal together. Just like, I'm like, she wouldn't have been allowed to do that. She would have had to gone out somewhere else and gone back through pre-check and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And but now they just get to be like dicking around together until their planes leave. And I'm like, that's so wild to see. Like, I remember that I'm much older than you both, sadly, but I distinctly remember like people waiting for you as you got off the plane and people waiting with you before you boarded. And it was like, like people actually picking you up with signs at the gate and not like outside of the airport. The movie industry really changed when we lost the ability to tearfully uh, deboard from a plane and like, launch yourself into the arms of a loved one. What they really should show is you tearfully walking down a very long, <laughs> checking <laughs> along. Yeah, like, yeah, 20 minutes of you tearfully cry until you meet your loved one, finally at baggage. But like, yeah, I love <laughs> like any airport scene that's before 9-11 is very exciting. It's me. like, it, it is like a really comforting uh, time capsule. 
Yeah. I remember once when I was visiting here from San Diego, I got um, my friend accidentally. I lived in San Diego briefly. It's a terrible city. Sorry, San Diego. Sorry, San Diego fans. Um, and uh, my friend gave me uh, mushrooms and I got too high and I had to leave the next day. And I was like, I came back to my mom's house. It was like six in the morning and I was still high. And I kept saying, we have to tell the plane that it can't, we can't, it can't leave yet. We can't let the plane go. Can you call somebody? And she was like, no, we're just going to walk you to the uh, plane and get you on there. And my mom had to physically put me onto the plane and I was so high. Because you were like tripping. Like it couldn't happen now. Like I would have to somehow very high on mushrooms, get myself through security, which feels illegal at this point. (laughs) So stressful. Yeah. You don't want to tell TSA. No, no, no. So yeah, the airport used to be a lot more fun, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying, I've been thinking for like a while, what other movie we could recommend instead of watching this. And I really don't, no, because I don't, what can I compare this to? Like the only movie that I absolutely like that I can think of off the top of my head of a woman trying to get to know her mother and a woman and, a, and, and them trying to figure out who her real dad is, is of course, My Girl 2. <laughs> like, my Girl 2, about that, about that exact thing. Who was my mom? Who was my real dad? <laughs> Wow. I've been thinking about my girl the last few weeks. I love my girl too. I I rewatched it recently and it just, it makes me so happy. Like, I don't know why my girl too isn't as popular, but it's just so good. She's like me, like trying to figure out who her mom is and like does all this traveling and like sees like old, like video of her mother who was like, it was like an actress and it's just, I don't know. It's so good. <laughs> I would say watch that. I haven't watched that in a really long time. I just remember thinking that there was such a, uh, there must've been enough time between my girl and my girl too. That is it in, is it Klumski? Is that how you say your name? Yeah. That she grew. And I remember like, cause again, I, not to keep talking about breasts, but I appear to only talk about breasts. I didn't, I was always very flat. So I spent a great deal of my teen years paying attention to boobs and being like, I, I don't have them. Why? <laughs> where are mine <laughs> please don't please don't cut that out of the podcast please highlight that but um so i remember thinking like oh, she's so much older now and then being like hmm never gonna look like that that's all i remember that sounds creepy i sound like a creep but i just spent a lot of my youth really coveting ladies breasts oh yeah no i totally understand I that normal. i think that's pretty normal yeah, I know. I know. Like growing up, I lo- like watching movies. I was definitely noticing women's bodies in the like comparison way, and not not even in like a. It wasn't always like the body dysmorphia that you get from the media. It was just like, wh- why isn't mine doing that yet? Or like, will mine look like that eventually? Or like, what what way is it all happening? Yeah, yeah. I, don't remember, I don't remember anything about my girl tour. Is there a La Brea Tar Pit scene? Did I make that up? No, are they? I don't know. There might be. <laughs> All I remember is that the kid in the movie is also the kid that's in the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Last Action. Yes. I had I had such a crush on that kid. His name is Austin O'Brien, and he's still uh, aged pretty well. Oh, man. I've Last, Action on him. Last Action Hero is a legit good movie. I it is good as hell. Yes, I love that movie. <laughs> I talk about it all the time and people are like, I've never seen it. I'm like, what are you, what, what are you doing? It's so great. It's meta cinema. It's, it is incredible. Yeah. 
It's so, it's, it's like when, uh, <laughs> I love it when everyone is self-aware, like when they rebooted Beverly Hills 90210. And I was just like, thank you for this. I yeah. Know. Yeah. This is like, this is what we need. Yes, thank <laughs> you. So you, so listeners, you have so many choices of things to watch. Like so many, <laughs> there have been so many recommendations. This might be the episode with the most recommendations just in general, <laughs> just throughout, which I think is great. Um, so we did not talk about rumor has it that much, but it's rumor has it. We, you know, we got it. <laughs> it's fine. I, I'd love to get a comment where they're just like, oh, we really wanted you to talk more about rumor has it. Can you and imagine? I, just, I would just like to know if that person is okay. What can I <laughs> they do want for us- that? <laughs> I think, so. yeah, we've like, we have some episodes where we like talk about the movie for like 20, 30 minutes. And then the rest of the time we're like talking about other stuff that's more interesting because the movie, like rumor has it, it's an idea and that's it. In my opinion, it's a concept. There's not enough great actors that are underutilized and then that's it. And it's really all of the things that it reminds us of and that it references that make it interesting. Yeah, I agree. The tree of media that, you know, rumor has it fell from. So, here we are, the end of the episode. You have been listening to the Bad Romance Podcast. And Bronwyn, what are all the things that we're supposed to say at the end of the episode? Um, our, uh, our theme song is by Clutch Douglas. And we are now part of Lunar Light Studio Network, which is fantastic. You can find us all online, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, your mom's phone uh listen to us leave us five star four star whatever stars you want to leave hopefully more but you know be true to yourself we'd love some reviews on itunes um and talk to us let's hang out and jen where can people follow you online uh i think my i'm so bad at this stuff i believe my instagram is ducky tisdale which is a uh pretty in pink reference and my Twitter is at Jen underscore Tisdale because Ashley Tisdale's real life sister, Jen Tisdale, already took my non-underscored Twitter name. Rude. <laughs> Fantastic. So you should all follow Jen and drink water and wash your hands. I've been Bronwyn Isaac. I've been Jordan Searles. And... <laughs> this is the <magenta> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I didn't realize. I, I've, been, I've been and still am uh, Gentisdale. That was actually an, an underscore, but a performance art underscore. <laughs> <laughs> Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.